Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those mid swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauly on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. A good Monday evening. Welcome into the program. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. The celebration is just getting started. Opening day week is what we call it. At least what I call it. Opening day coming up on Thursday. We're going to be doing a lot of Cardinals baseball talking about it between, uh, well, we're always talking Cardinals baseball, but we are going to be getting you ready uh, for Thursday and opening day right here on KMOX. As always, if you'd like to join the program, multiple ways to get connected. You can call and you can text 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air uh, is how you uh, get in contact with us. What a weekend. Uh, Cardinals, by the way, today, they wrapped up. Uh, spring training play, Grapefruit League play, officially coming to an end as uh, they end up picking up a win against Baltimore by an 8-2 score. As uh, they wrap up Grapefruit League play uh, with the best record of any team in the Grapefruit League, uh, which is... doesn't mean anything, but they, they won more than they lost. I've... When people have asked me questions about spring training this year, I've said there's more good stories than bad stories for the Cardinals. That's kind of how I have described spring, and I think the record would show that. Not that the record means anything. It means absolutely nothing, but they had the best record in the Grapefruit League. That's fine. More importantly, the stories of spring have mostly been good. Not that there haven't been some bad stories. Adam Wainwright starting the season on the injured list. That's not a great story. Uh, Paul DeYoung not really being able to get things going and then him ending up injured. That wasn't a great story either. But certainly more good stories than bad stories this year during spring. So that's kind of how I would evaluate what how spring training went, and now the Cardinals get set to return to St. Louis and get ready for their uh, opener against the Blue Jays coming up on Thursday. I I am curious what you as fans are maybe most worried about going into the season 
Is it starting pitching? Is it something else? Coming up in our final segment this hour, we'll focus in on that. We'll take your phone calls, your text messages, your tweets. If you want to get in on that early, though, and share what you are most concerned about now that spring training has come to an end, uh, you can get those texts and tweets in if you want to text 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll do that uh, coming up later on this hour. Uh, We've got a couple interviews that are going to be taking place uh, this hour uh, as we are going to be joined in just a few moments by uh, Danny Vietti. He is uh, he hosts the Wake and Rake podcast, part of the crew covering Major League Baseball for uh, CBS Sports. And then also at uh, 635, we are going to be joined by James Wessling. He is a uh, play-by-play broadcaster, uh, does a lot of college basketball for uh, ESPN, and we'll talk about the NCAA tournament with him. So a funny story. Uh, if, if you followed along, you may know I am a proud graduate of Kansas State University. And K-State had a nice run in the NCAA tournament. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. I was in a wedding on Saturday. The wedding was in Phoenix. So I was in Phoenix over the course of the weekend. And as the wedding got started, I had my phone out right before things really officially got underway. And K-State was up on Florida Atlantic Six or seven points. I don't Maybe it was four points. They were up, and I felt very good about things. And I put the phone into my pocket. The wedding took place. It was about a half-hour wedding or so. I can't be taking the phone out of my pocket during during the wedding and looking at scores and things like that. Wedding gets over. First thing I do, take the phone back out of my pocket, and K-State's down. I think it was seven. So in the course of 25 real minutes where I could not pay attention to the game whatsoever, they went from being up to being down. And in some ways, as disappointing as it was, and I was sad to see them finish that way, in some ways it was a blessing that that wedding actually took place in that moment because I didn't have to watch them blow the game the way that they did. Yeah, good uh, good on your buddy for getting married at that time. Yeah, so that was uh, that was my experience with the NCAA tournament over the course of the weekend. We will talk about much more important and impactful things when James Wesling joins us coming up at about uh, 6.35. Next hour, uh, we'll be joined by Scott Warman. We'll be joined by Rob Raines. Also, uh, we'll hear a conversation that Tom Ackerman had with uh, John Mozalock. We are going to uh, replay some of uh, what was said over the course of the weekend from Jordan Walker and Taylor Motter, a couple guys who uh, make the club. And uh, they're sort of the two guys who do make the team out of spring training, but they're in really different spots. Walker being this top-level prospect, Motter being this guy who is kind of a a journeyman veteran type who really came in and just played really well and earned himself a job. So kudos to him, credit to him for doing that. So uh, we'll get into that as well. Again, if you want to join us, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T. P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And if you ever miss anything that we've got going, you can always uh, relive the show on the podcast. It's available at KMOX.com and also on the Odyssey app. We'll take a break. When we return, Danny Vietti covers Major League Baseball for uh, CBS Sports. Also, he is uh, the host of the Wake and Rake podcast. He is going to join us coming up in just a moment or so. Stick with us. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We're back with more in a moment on KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island 
Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Sports Open Line continues here on KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. 3-10 first pitch coming up on Thursday as they open up against the Blue Jays at Bush Stadium. Our coverage will begin bright and early in the morning and will continue throughout the day all the way through Sports Open Line and uh, full postgame coverage. So we are looking forward to uh, having everything that we're going to have on Thursday. Of course, John Rooney, Ricky Horton will have the call of the game right here on KMOX and across the Cardinals radio network. We are happy to welcome onto the program right now. You hear him as uh, one part of the Wake and Rake podcast along with uh, Will Middlebrooks. He is also uh, a contributor Contributor covering Major League Baseball for CBS Sports. He is at Danny Vietti. Danny, thanks so uh, for taking some time. How are you today? Hey, we're a couple of days away from the best holiday known to known to mankind. How are you guys? We're we're doing good. We're glad to uh, to get you on. Uh, you you actually sent out a tweet earlier today. I thought it was interesting. You talked about spring training stinking because the games aren't especially good. And you know it's fun to have baseball and it's fun to have vacations and warm weather, but it does kind of drag on, especially in a year like this one where the World Baseball Classic is going on. And you compare the the emotion of those games to what's going on in spring training, it just feels like everybody's ready for this season to officially get started. Without a doubt. Players, too. I, the first couple of weeks are exciting, spring training. The weather is warmer. You know, things are blooming. Spring's coming. You know, and I get the vacation aspect of it, too. You get to go down to Florida or Phoenix, Arizona, and you get to enjoy yourself for a couple of weeks, have a hot dog again and a, and a, and a beverage at the game. It's a good vibe. But then the last couple of weeks of spring training, it's like, all right, these games don't matter. We're tired of seeing these pitchers working on adjustments and they're working on changeups. It's like, let's get back to competition. And, and you hit it perfectly. The World Baseball Classic was almost as fantastic as it was. It was just like a giant tease. And so I think we're all just kind of ready to get back to baseball being competitive once again. So you guys have been doing your uh, your uh, season previews, divisional previews, and one of your hot takes, and I think a lot of Cardinals fans are very interested in the Marlins because of Skip Schumacher. He's somebody who is still very much beloved here in St. Louis. Uh, that's a really tough division when you look at the Braves and, and the Mets, obviously, and the Phillies, uh, but you really believe in this Marlins team as a playoff contender. 
and I hate myself for it. I, I keep talking <laughs> myself into the Marlins, and uh, I know it's going to come back to bite me. I just really like their staff, and I really like what Skip Schumacher brings to the table, too, as their manager. Uh, in previous years or recent years, they've had Donnie Mattingly, and as fantastic of a baseball mind as he is, he's more of a traditional old-school manager. Well, this Marlins roster with you know headliners like Chad Chisholm, Sandy Alcantara, they're young guys. They have this new energy and this new vibe among that clubhouse. And I've been able to uh, briefly talk with Skip Schumacher over the past couple of years, back when he was an assistant with the Padres and then now manager with the Marlins. I like what he brings to the table with this new energy, this new style. That division's tough. Uh, Mets, Braves, Phillies. I mean, the Phillies had the third best record in their division last year. They made it all the way to the World Series. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be an absolutely an uphill climb. But I think a wild card may be in play for them. I, I kind of compared them similarly to like where the Diamondbacks were at last year. The Diamondbacks were about six games back come the beginning of September last year. So they weren't in the wild card race, but they weren't out of the wild card race either. I think if you're a Marlins fan, that's what you're kind of hoping for. And then maybe you go on this magical run and have this really strong finish. I think that's best-case scenario for Miami. We saw the upper-level teams in both the NL East and NL West spend a ton of money. The Cardinals didn't spend a ton of money, but they go get a, a Wilson Contreras, and they're in a division where it doesn't really look like, at least to me, that the other teams are going to be that much of a challenge. How do you evaluate the Cardinals compared to the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Padres, the Dodgers, those teams in the National League? Cardinals have as much depth offensively, I think, as anybody in the National League. The real question mark is going to come down to their starting pitching depth, particularly the health of their starting pitchers. Jordan Montgomery is two years removed from having Tommy John surgery. He had a great year last year, especially after coming over from New York. Uh, Miles Michaelis had it was either Tommy John or, or some type of significant arm injury two to three years ago. Um, he had a fantastic year this last year. Jack Flaherty is really your X factor, right? Because I think he has more talent than anybody on that staff. I think he has uh, more ace potential than anybody on that staff. But Flaherty hasn't been healthy in three years either. Adam Wainwright's your most consistent starter, but he's going to start the season on the IL, and he's 41 years old now. It's kind of a question mark hanging over his head. So I wonder where the Cardinals are out are uh, are at come trade deadline time. If they'll look to the trade market, depending on where their staff is at, where they're at in the standings, I I think they're absolutely a prime candidate to look at the trade market to see if they can get a potential ace on the trade market. A lot can happen between now and August when that trade deadline does come around. That's the biggest question mark with the Cardinals. I don't question their offense at all. I think they stack up with the Padres, Dodgers, Mets, Braves offensively. It's really their starting staff that I have question marks about. Not to take too much away from your upcoming NL Central preview, but do you think there's another team in the division that can challenge the Cardinals? It's a great question. I I hate to say no because it's baseball, and we've seen crazier things happen. I think the Cubs, honestly, like with the additions that they made with Dancy Swanson and Bellinger, they had the potential to be a good ball club, mm-hmm. but they also had the potential to be a pretty poor ball club too. Like if Cody Bellinger is Cody Bellinger of 2022, that's not really going to help your team value-wise. If Cody Bellinger all of a sudden comes out of the slump and is closer to his MVP 2018 self, all of a sudden the Cubs have a pretty nice-looking lineup. I have question marks about their rotation as well. Their bullpen is not great either. I love the depth a whole lot more with St. Louis than Chicago. And then Milwaukee, 
their pitching staff's fantastic. Their offense is very mediocre. I don't personally love where Milwaukee is at as an organization. I think there's a real disconnect between front office and players right now. Uh, the whole situation with Josh Hader last year trading him at the deadline when they were in first place in the division uh, definitely irritated players. Devin Williams was very outspoken about that. Corbin Burns this last offseason did not like how his arbitration process played out. So I think the Brewers and Cubs are definitely the most talented teams to try and compete with the Cardinals. But I think the Cardinals in general are just a better organization right now. They're just in a better state than either the Brewers or the Cubs. Danny Vietti continues to join us. I'm with you, by the way. I'm, I feel like I'm one of the few people out there saying it, but I, I think the Cubs are better than the Brewers now. I just, for all the reasons that you just stated, I'm in total agreement with you. It just feel like they're, they're very close, but it feels like the Cubs might be just a, a half step in front of the Brewers now. They have a ceiling, right? Like, like, like they have a ceiling that's just like a little bit higher than Milwaukee, I think, because they have these bigger names. Like, Trey Mancini is a guy that has proven he can hit 30 home runs in the season. We talked about Bellinger. Dansby Swanson had a fantastic all-star campaign last year. Marcus Stroman was fantastic with the Mets before coming over with Chicago. They have potential. It's just a matter of if everything can go right, if all those guys can stay healthy. They had a really sneaky offseason, very big names. Um, It's just a matter of if they can put it all together. But I agree. I think the ceiling for Chicago is higher than Milwaukee. Are the are the Marlins the team that maybe you think the most in terms of uh, what they're expected to do and you think that maybe they can do much more than that? Or is there another team in Major League Baseball that you feel like can really overachieve this year? It's a great question. Miami is definitely a team I kind of have circled. I think San Francisco, people are sleeping on them a little bit because the disappointment in recent off seasons, like, you know, they weren't able to get Aaron Judge. They thought they were going to be able to land him. Uh, they thought they were going to get Carlos Correa. That didn't happen. The Giants won 107 games, I think it was, two years ago, which was the most in Major League Baseball. They lost a nail-biter to the Dodgers in the NLDS, who were the second-best team in the National League. That was in 2021. So last year was a bit of a disappointment. They're still kind of floating around 500. They went and added Michael Conforto, who's a really under-the-radar signing. They added Mitch Hanniger. Um, Alex Cobb looks phenomenal in that rotation. They have guys like Logan Webb still there. So I think San Francisco can be kind of sneaky. Again, it's a, a tough division in the National League West. And it, I hate to be West Coast biased here, but there's a team in Los Angeles that still has Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. And Otani is coming into a contract year. He's, in my opinion, unarguably the greatest player in baseball. If Otani can have another monster year and Trout can have a monster year and stay healthy, and then they got guys like Rendon and Patrick Sandoval look great in the World Baseball Classic, I think this is the best staff, starting staff that the Angels have had in quite some time. So I think they're a team that I'm definitely looking at. I mean, they had the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball, and it's been since, since 2014 since they've been in the playoffs. So I think the time is now for the Angels to make a move, especially with Otani potentially on his way out after this year. You know, everybody in St. Louis watched very closely the Lars Newtbar shohei Otani bromance there during the WBC. (laughs) And uh, people in St. Louis are hoping for Otani with the birds on the bat coming up next year. You know, they're going to have to get in line uh, (laughs) behind Steve Cohen and, and Andrew Friedman out in Los Angeles. St. Louis is kind of one of those clubs, you know, Forbes just came out with the uh, team valuations and uh, I kind of compared team valuation to uh, what their payroll is. And St. Louis, I, I, I want to say they were the 10th 
highest value team in Major League Baseball, and their payroll was about 15th. So, you know, they're, they're kind of close to what their team's valued at. Um, the Dodgers are set up to make a run at Otani. And so, I mean, but Steve Cohen with the Mets is going to give them a blank check. So they're going to have some stiff competition. The Dodgers didn't spend money this offseason, which is very out of the ordinary for them. I think they're going to be the number one favorite to land Otani. Um, but, hey, you know what? St. Louis, why not? Go after I mean, you guys got a great roster. I think you guys have a window here to win the championship. Why not? You know, at least in the very least, drive up that price for the uh, opposing teams. He is uh, Danny Vietti. You read him at CBSSports.com. You listen to him on the uh, Wake and Rake uh, podcast. Where can folks find that? Everywhere you find a podcast, you can find Wake and Rake? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. We're, in, we're on social media. You know, we just joined the League podcast network, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll have a... NL Central preview coming out tomorrow morning. At Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter. He's uh, at Danny Vietti on Twitter. Danny, thanks so much for the time. Hopefully we can catch up with you every once in a while during the course of the season. Enjoy it, guys. Thanks. Enjoy uh, the baseball season, right? All right, very good. There's Danny Vietti joining us here on Sports Open Line. We appreciate him taking a few moments with us. We're going to step away from baseball for just a few moments. We'll talk NCAA basketball as uh, the Final Four. It is set. Doesn't exactly have the teams that you're used to seeing in there. James Wesling, uh, play-by-play broadcaster for ESPN. He joins us in just a moment here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We do continue on here on a Monday. We'll step away from Cardinals baseball for just a moment. We'll talk NCAA tournament basketball. The final four, not exactly what most people were expecting. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, and UConn. UConn as a four seed, uh, the best seed that is still alive. To talk all things college basketball, we're very happy to welcome on to the program. You see him doing uh, play-by-play of college basketball in addition to other things uh, on ESPN. He is James Wesling. Follow him on Twitter at James Wesling. James, thanks for taking the time with us. How are you? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk to you again. I hope things are well. Yeah, things are great. Uh, It's certainly been an interesting NCAA tournament. Do you like this? Where uh, Now, we're both K-State grads, so getting rid of the fact that they're not still alive, but just taking a step back from a general standpoint, do you like that this year's Final Four is not exactly the Final Four that we are used to seeing? Yeah, call me an outlier. I love it. We had the Blue Bloods last season with Kansas and North Carolina and uh, the two others that were in there. Um, I I kind of saw this coming. I I didn't see these teams specifically, but I am not surprised at all to see the seed lines that we have. Uh, And I can get into various reasons why, but uh, to answer your question bluntly, I absolutely love it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to have some new blood, we had the blue blood. Now it's time for some new blood in the final four. Is that maybe this is what you were alluding to? Do you feel like the floor is lifting for kind of that next group of teams in college basketball? When you get past the top 10, 15, 20 teams, all of a sudden that next 20 or so teams, they're a lot closer to the top group than they had been previously? Yeah, I think this year that's definitely the case. Um, I don't know if, if that's going to be the case moving forward. It's hard to tell. But the analytics, and when I say analytics, I'm not just talking about Ken Palm. I'm talking Ken Palm, ESPN, Saragin ratings, etc. This was the weakest one seed grouping that the tournament had seen since 2006. 
And so I knew that there was a good chance that those ones weren't going to be there, especially with that target on their back. And on the flip side, analytically, this was the strongest four through six seed lines ever in the history of the tournament. And so that's why I say I'm not surprised to see these seed lines. Uh, I'm surprised to see San Diego State, definitely surprised to see a nine seed in FAU, but Miami and UConn, those teams have dudes. There are really good players on those teams. Miami got into the top 10 earlier this season. UConn got all the way up to number one. They were crushing big-time programs in the non-conference. So to answer your question, I think this year that's definitely the case. There was more parity than we've seen in decades in college basketball. I just don't know what the future is going to look like when these blue blood programs go out there. And, and a lot of times when you have kind of a down year like this with top teams, they bounce back the next year. So we could be back to familiar faces in the final four next season, but I, I'm certainly going to enjoy this, this, these new fresh faces this year. All right. Stick with me for a second. As I kind of meander through a question in the past, the mid majors that have done well have been old teams. And this year, there's a lot of old teams because of the extra year and the COVID year. And generally, we see those top teams have these stud freshmen. Well, it's almost like there's no stud freshmen anymore, that these top teams are using the portal. So freshmen are almost being pushed out. I guess, do you agree with that? And is that a trend that is going to continue? Uh, I do agree with that. I don't know if it'll continue. It wouldn't surprise me if it did continue because, you know, you look at the projected NBA mock drafts, and I think three of the top five picks are guys that aren't even playing college basketball. They're playing G League or they're playing for some of these teams overseas because they wanted the money right away and they wanted that experience to prepare themselves for the NBA. And, you know, you look at a program like Kentucky with Coach Cal. That, are, that historically have been built on one-and-dones, it's not working for them right now. Um, you look at the teams this year that had one-and-done type players. Alabama comes to mind with Brandon Miller. He was their top scorer, top rebounder, phenomenal athlete. He'll be an incredible pro, but he could only get his team to the Sweet 16. I think the coaches are starting to value veteran players when it comes to leadership and when it comes to kind of building their their squads. And so – I do think that this is a trend that will continue, and I do think that we will see more of these one-and-done type kids skip college and go play in the G League now that they've changed kind of some of their contract stipulations and go play overseas, which ultimately I think makes college basketball better. I've I've never been a huge fan of watching one-and-dones. I'm not a huge fan of the way the transfer portal has been built, but it is what it is, and the bottom line is you get experienced teams, and it levels the playing field. From a NIL standpoint, Miami goes and spends a ton of money. Uh, one of their big guys we're both very familiar with because of his K-State connections was uh, Nigel Pack, and, and he goes there and, and gets a whole gets a big bag of money to, to go there. How much, when, when we talk about NIL and we talk about its impact on college basketball, are teams going to, are schools going to see what Miami's doing this year and really try to go that much more all in on it? Yeah, I think that they already are. <laughs> I've got some crazy stories that I've picked up on my, my adventures this season working for ESPN that I can't share here, um, but it, it's, it's already happening. Uh, Miami and uh, a certain individual within their, their program or somebody that was close to the program, I guess we can put it that way, was just more public about it and more vocal about it. It's happening behind the scenes. Um, it's going to continue. 
But, you know, it, it, with the transfer portal, you know, I don't think the teams that are spending the most money are necessarily going to be the teams that are winning. I still think that you can build a really good team uh, without that. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that teams are going to try to spend and try to build these, these power teams with the, with the NIL, but who, who knows how it's going to play out for them. James Wesley, part of the team at ESPN, continuing to join us. All right, let's get more into the Final Four. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, UConn. You mentioned you're a little bit surprised by San Diego State, a little bit surprised by Florida Atlantic. Who do you like in this Final Four? Oh, man, that's a great question. I, I do like San Diego State to end FAU's run. Um, I, I look at their path, and, you know, they beat a 16 seed in the second round. Tennessee was a fantastic matchup for them because Tennessee's big and slow and FAU is little and quick and it just played right into their hands uh, that that matchup you know in the NCAA tournament guards win the day and Florida Atlantic has a deep roster of really talented guards and they have a big guy in the middle that plucks just about every rebound that that's up for grabs so I felt like that was a really good matchup and then you look at uh, their game against Kansas State in the Elite Eight Kansas State led that game 57-50. to 50. And then from that point forward, they started missing a lot of shots. And Keontae Johnson fouls out, and I think that K-State got tired. Um, they were coming off a really emotional overtime game against Michigan State. K-State does not have a deep bench. They only play about six or seven guys in the NCAA tournament. They only have 10 scholarship players this year because they're redshirting three. And I think depth played a big a big role. So, not trying to take anything away from Florida Atlantic's run. But a lot of times, you know, luck is part of the game when it comes to these sleeper teams getting to the Final Four. And um, I just think San Diego State is better. I am really impressed by them. I think their coach is maybe the most underrated coach in the country. People forget that he had a San Diego State team that during the COVID year, Mm -hmm. they were 30-2. and They got up to number one in the AP Top 25. Uh, they were going to be a top two at worst-case scenario, depending upon what happened in their conference tournament, a three-seed. They had two pros on that team. Um, that team, when Malachi Flynn went to the NBA, everybody just felt like San Diego State was going to fall off the map, and here they are two or three years later um, in the Final Four. I just think he's a sensational coach. Miami-UConn, it, it's hard to say that Miami's going to beat UConn just because of it's not that UConn's winning, it's the fashion in which they're winning. I mean, they haven't had a close game yet. Uh, so I think Miami's probably playing with a little bit of house money in that game. So if I had a pick, I, I think we're going to see a UConn-San Diego State championship game. I'm all right with that. Yeah, I covered Mountain West basketball for years, and it, San Diego State was always this defensive stalwart that scored just enough. And now they're still a really good defensive team, but they've added the score, and it's really fun to watch them. Exactly. You know, they've got, they've got 10 guys that average four and a half or better points per game. They have uh, eight guys that average between six and 10 points per game. Their leading scorer only averages barely double figures around 10 per game. And he's their only player that averages double figures, but they're deep. Like you said, they defend, they're athletic, they're, they're disciplined, they're sound. They don't beat themselves. And uh, I, I just really like that team. I really do. Um, so it's, and you brought up the mountain West, you know, 
I don't know why I didn't give San Diego State more credit with what they did in the regular season because this is the best year the Mountain West has ever had. They had six teams in the postseason. They had uh, four teams in the NCAA tournament and then a handful of teams in the NIT. And then they had, uh, well, they had four in the Big Dance. They had one in the NIT and one in the CBI. But they had never had four teams in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't have discounted that conference because there is really good basketball out there. He is James Wesley, and you see him on ESPN. Fantastic play-by-play broadcaster. Follow him on Twitter, at James Wesley. James, thanks so much for the time. We'll do this again real soon. All right, man. Sounds good. Have a good night. All right, you too. There's James Wesley joining us here on Sports Open Line. When we're back, phone lines are open if you'd like to talk Cardinals baseball. What are you concerned about? There's a lot of good things going on. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy here, but... What is the thing or two that you might be a little concerned about going into the season? 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well. At Matt Pauly on air. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. I'm Cardinals outfielder Jordan Walker, and you're listening to the voice of the Cardinals KMOX. Just heard Jordan Walker. Before that, heard a little bit about KMOX Kegs and Eggs. It's going to be taking place on Thursday, 10 to 2 for VIP tickets, 11 to 2 for GA tickets. Either way, you're going to get access to a tented area, private restrooms, Budweiser products, other drinks, uh, just a lot going on. KMOX.com slash events is where you go. Tickets are continuing to move at a pretty solid pace. So if you've not gotten your tickets yet, at some point they're going to be sold out. And you're going to be like, ah, I meant to buy those and I didn't. And now you're going to be stuck without the private bathroom, without the sugar fire smokehouse barbecue, without being able to uh, watch live KMOX broadcast. And again, the private restrooms all available. KMOX.com slash events is where you go for all the details. Wanted to carve out a little bit of time here in this final segment of the first hour for you. If you want to chime in on uh, the Cardinals, uh, kind of the, the, the topic that I'm throwing out there, what's your concern level? Do you have a concern level? What Maybe what are you concerned about? There's a lot more good things than bad things right now. Man, we're, it's an exciting time to be a Cardinals fan, and this team looks on paper really, really good. But from a concern standpoint, do you have them? I do think the high-end starting pitching does remain a concern. Uh, we'll see what happens with Adam Wainwright. We'll see what happens with Jack Flaherty. In fact, we got a text message. So if you want to get in, you can call or text 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, a texter from the 309 says, uh, what happened to Jack Flaherty? Is he hurt again? He looked terrible on Sunday. He didn't look great, and his numbers in spring, especially his last few starts, have not been great either. Uh, On two separate occasions, they had to do the thing where you lift a player out of an inning, lift a starter out of an inning because of pitch count, and then return them to the game. So that doesn't even tell the whole story when it comes to uh, the numbers, but we have seen his spring ERA uh, certainly move in a somewhat upward direction over the last few games. He finishes spring with a 6.41 ERA. I guess I would say this, and this is, this always sounds like a total cop-out, and I get that it sounds like a cop-out, but in a situation where somebody like Jack Flaherty doesn't have an overly successful spring, it's not a problem until you know it's a problem. 
So right now I can sit here and say, I'm not real worried about it. He's Jack Flaherty. He's got a pretty good track record when healthy. And there's no reason for us to believe he's anything but healthy right now. Um, But if the season gets started and he struggles and something's not right, then we can almost retroactively go back and say, well, there were some red flags in spring. It didn't quite look all the way there in spring. And, and that's one area that I'm just not great with because for some players, results in the spring matter. For other players, results in the spring, they just don't matter. That there's that proverbial switch that you're able to, uh, to flip on once the regular season gets started. And the one thing I would also say with that is in spring you're working on things. Getting outs isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is getting yourself to where you want to be. So sometimes when you're out there actively working on things, the results don't follow along. But at the same time, it's it's hard to ignore the results really of his last few starts where he's not been especially good. Uh, it Maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't. I lean towards it meaning nothing. But let's check back in a few weeks and see uh, how he uh, starts the season. Also got a question. Has there been any discussion about the shortstop position or making a deal with the Dodgers? So I, I, I assume that question is related, not related to the Cardinals starting shortstop position because that's going to be uh, Tommy Edmond. And Tommy Edmond's a very good major league shortstop. So, no, there's not been any discussions in terms of that. Now, there were some rumors out there that maybe the Dodgers would be interested in Paul DeYoung. Maybe they will be. He's got to get healthy, and he's got to show something at AAA on a rehab assignment before there's going to be really uh, any interest for him. So, wait and see on that. Uh, Paul DeYoung's got to perform first. He's got to get healthy, and then he's got to perform, and then they can go from there. Scott Warman joins us after the top of the hour news. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.